All righty. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, thank you to those of you who've been listening. The few of you that are actually here with us, we we welcome. Uh, welcome we're gonna all get... the views. Yes. 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 Uh, we're going to get into something interesting. So, so here's the question for today. When, what do you see in your mind's eye? And so I'm going to ask you first, what do you, when you try to visualize a thing, how does that work for you? So I'll give you an example. Cause I was thinking about this earlier. I knew we were going to talk about this. <clears throat> so I, I am a child of the eighties, right? Um, Saturday morning cartoons, um, before and after school cartoons, right? The, the, the power hour blocks, He-Man, GI Joe, all that stuff. And, um, so I thought about an episode of, you know, one of the episodes of GI Joe or the opening GI Joe, which I've watched hundreds and hundreds of times. And I closed my eyes and I just visualized and heard and saw the whole thing. Like I was watching it on TV, like I was watching a cartoon. I saw the entire intro. In fact, I have the song going through my head. I see the, the laser blasts going back and forth, the cobra, black Cobra tanks coming along, the white fighters that look like the F-14s. I see all that just like it's a cartoon projected on, like, a black screen in my head. That is such horseshit. No, so I see nothing. Nothing. So this is what we're going to talk about, is, is this new thing called Aphantasia. It's new-ish, um, and well, I always say that because... 2015 is when we got the date. We the, got the, the name, the name. Fantasia. Yeah. But there's a, a psychiatrist who mentioned it. I, it was somewhere back in the 70s where somebody just sort of offhandedly Actually, mentioned that people didn't see anything. I found something that talked about someone who talked about it in 1880. Um, the yes. phenomenon was first described by Francis Galton in 1880, but has since basically been unstudied. Um, yeah. And then there's and... a, a aphantasia.com, and they talked about like even going back to um, the ancient Greeks and defining the defining the words they used to say aphantasia, mm -hmm. but not necessarily talking about the topic. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 been aware but ignored. I would yeah, say, it's it's something community. interesting too. I heard I heard a, another another podcast. Someone was talking about it and, and gave sort of really the the best example that I've sort of heard of understanding this. And it would, you know, it would be like, you know, we we all we all grew up knowing about the the idea of the angel and the demon on your shoulder that like tell you what to do and and make you sort yeah like of, from the Looney Tunes you know, cartoons exactly yeah. and and make you, Donald Duck did it one time with the angel and yeah. the demon it's a, it's it's a trope of those things and it would be like you know you so but but you don't have that we have to sort of come up with things on our own and then imagine one day when you're 35 when someone's like. Wait, you don't have an angel and a demon on your shoulder? And you find out that everybody has an angel and a demon on their shoulder, and you just don't. And so that's what it's like when you figure out that you have aphantasia. <clears throat> and and I have a, a contemporary example that may make it seem a little – may make a little more sense to people who are maybe having trouble wrapping their head around it. For several years – until he was in like his almost his preteens and junior high, my oldest son, uh, we would struggle with like 
pick up your nerf darts because he had nerf guns pick up your nerf darts pick up your nerf darts pick up your nerf darts pick him up why aren't you picking them up why aren't you picking them up when they're in the backyard specifically come to find out he is mildly colorblind and wasn't seeing the nerf darts unless he picked out the shape so the green on the blue and the the green on the orange it, he, he it, they were graying out in effect and so yeah. instead of seeing this vibrant color that con- clashed with the green grass, he was having to look for like shapes in the grass that all kind of blurred together. Yeah. And then I was shocked to find out one in <clears throat> 10 males are colorblind in some fashion, Yeah, which is a staggering number. And I had no idea, you know, it was, it was just, it was a mind blowing thing. The, the other it thing is. for him is with his autism was, he didn't like foods because of the texture, and I couldn't wrap my head around that at all. Yeah, because it's not—it's flavor for me. It's not texture. Anyway, so imagine that. Imagine one day you wake up and you're like, "What do you mean you can see blue? What's blue? Yeah, blue and gray are the same. No, they're not. They're 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 different, right? Right. Um, it, it's a, it's this not is, as this is profound, even... but yeah, this is one of those. That's the best I can do like... to wrap my head around it. As a kid, I remember, you know, like as you, you know, you you meditate. We're gonna close our eyes and picture a beach. And so I'm sitting there with this, closing my eyes. When I close my eyes, it's it's black. It's what's there. So I'm sitting there, like, just sort of, you know, thinking in my head, like, what do you mean, see a beach? Like, I guess I'll think about what a beach is. So I like, well, I guess there's sand and there's water, and I can like, I can process out what a beach is i can describe a beach to you if you asked me to but i don't see a beach and you don't have a crisp technicolor beach in your head well it's kind of overlaid over the black well there's levels to this so like i i have aphantasia which is nothing um my wife happens to have hyperphantasia which means she can fully realize an entire visual landscape you know, but most people fall in the middle. In the middle, and and I was I was reading there that it's like between one in five percent or less have aphantasia, and they think maybe double the percentage roughly have hyperphantasia. Um, and as I was reading about hyperphantasia, I was like, this sounds more like what I do. I don't know for sure. There's a test, and I was trying to find the test, um, but I yeah. haven't been able to find it yet. Yeah, it's it's a really fascinating thing to stop and think about what that is. I mean, like, I, you know, one, I had to reorder the way I handle things in my life. Once you realize that you have this thing, and my son has also realized that he has it as well. It, it's a genetic thing because it's in yes, my family. Yes, I was Both seeing my that. Co- my cousins have it. It's, it's a thing. Um, but... You start to so I've you know come to realize you know my wife and I would she would help me find that dress I wore yesterday and I don't remember what it was I don't I can't recall the thing from yesterday and so you know we've now gotten to the point where she she needs to go I need you to help me find the blue dress with the lace top and the thing and the oh yeah I know what you're talking about now like you had to give me enough for me to to recall the item even though I can't see it. Which is what's strange about it. So there was a, there was an interesting example that was talking about how 
people who have aphantasia versus people who can see things would compare something. So if I asked yeah, and, you and to 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 what, compare what, a the 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 what has a longer tail, like a rabbit or a squirrel, most people will in their mind think visualize a rabbit and a squirrel and go, the squirrel has yes. a longer tail. And I just sort of know. It, it's it's it it You're explained how facts, I facts, not yes. images. Right. Yeah. Well, it also you, explains, you know, I think, how I how I was able to do math the way I did in school, where it would just be like I would look at the equation and just sort of know the answer. Like I think might have something to do with it. Uh, I'm not it, sure. It's possible. Um, but uh, you know, you're talking about the the issue with your wife with the dress and thing, mm -hmm. and I'm sitting here like I just had a random thought of uh, my ex wife and I went on a cruise, and I just thought, oh yeah, the dress she wore. For the for those who don't haven't been on a cruise, a lot of times they have like a formal dress up night for dinner, right? Mm -hmm. And I immediately it popped in my head, just like I'm looking at a photo album. You know, I can see the the whole thing uh, there. In fact, I can pull up the image, I can pull up the photo in my brain of that, and it's just like that's me pulling just, it up on the computer, and it's just that's wild just there, right behind the eyes. And the fact that you can't do that is wild to me. And I'll give you a reason why. We play D&D &D or we play other role-playing mm -hmm. games and that kind of stuff. And I generally am the DM and I run the game. I'm describing these things to you. And I'm yes. imagining you imagining them in, in your head. But you're just listing out like facts. Well, and so what I'm kind doing... Of. Well, so what I can do, and this is, it's, this gets weird where we start trying to describe this. Like, I, I know what the things you're describing look like. I know intrinsically what the D and D world looks like. I've seen other pictures of things, um, and so like I can, I know what. I just sort of know what the environment looks like, but I don't see it i but i i do conceptualize a 3d space that i'm functioning in like it's it's yes weird whereas i am if you've ever seen one of those things where there's like a youtube video and they're telling you about something and they're drawing it out with uh, the the marker mm -hmm. right right and drawing the images and all that that's happening in my brain when i'm describing the D, &D world to you but it happens before and then right. that's how I describe it to you, right? And, and and the one I really love is like Star Wars because I ran a Star Wars game for years. And in between the games, to know what was going on, I would visualize like entire space battles and stuff in my head like I'm watching a movie. And I'm just running that through. Or if I need to know what an NPC is doing or the interaction, I, you know... As I imagine it, it's like I've turned on. And a lot of this stuff, when it's not something I have seen before, I see in cartoon, right? It like like the mm -hmm. 80s cartoons, you know, because that's that's just my natural creative brain type thing. Now, uh, now is it is it color or black and white or does it move back and forth? I, it's full color usually. It's always color? I mean, I unless I decide to think in black and white and then it's black okay. and white. Because no. like right okay. now, if, if I'm thinking... Um, oh, what's the original Mickey Mouse? Uh, Steamboat Willie. Boom. Yeah. Black and white in my head. Oh, but okay. Yeah, but could it's, can, it's a black can and white you can you visualize something that should be in color? Like, can you visualize Star Wars in black and white? 
yeah, I can make myself do that. And okay. uh, because I didn't go to Star Wars, what I did is I went to my parents' house, which is a, a ranch that I've been going to. Uh, mm. It was my grandparents' place originally. And so I, I, I brought up that landscape file, for lack of a better I just pulled that file up of the front of it, and then I just bled the color out in my brain. And then it was just the black and light outline. And then I can hmm. do black and white. I can do black and whites and shades of gray, and I can just add almost like adding layers in Photoshop, right? Um, and uh, yeah, I can just do that in my head. And the fact that you can't is like mind blowing to me. And I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I'm I'm staring at your back wall behind you, and there's that image of uh, Robin on the wall. And I close my eyes, and I still see that Robin on the wall. In fact, I can make that Robin move in my head and then do like a jump into the other um, picture of like the Batman, whole Batman that's, fighting see, skate that's thing that you got. That's just ridiculous. And that just, it just happens. It's just like, it's like running a video game in my brain. Well, so here's, here's something interesting though. Which is so, why I'm wondering if I'm more hyper Fantasia because I, I can would, also hear the sounds. Like but I don't tie smell well, to it like I, I saw with some of the and hyper see, stuff. That, so that's interesting because I, I do – I am more – I have more sense memories based on smell. I have a lot of smell memories that, yeah. that bring – that recall things and and sound, a lot of music. A lot, I remember a lot of things. I can, I can almost watch Star Wars if I'm listening to the soundtrack. I can, I can almost – But that's something that you have watched a lot so and many a lot times. and a lot. Right. And uh, there are movies like that, like it's the Star Wars theme comes on and I can watch it. I mm-hmm. one of my favorite soundtracks is Conan the Barbarian, because oh, if I'm too. on a long drive, I hit play and I watch the movie in my head while I'm driving the whole movie. I've seen it so many times, you know. So if we're going to talk about Conan, we're going to sidebar for two seconds. If you have Apple Music, you need to go on the co- look up the Conan the Barbarian and there's the whole soundtrack done on an organ and it's oh wow the greatest thing ever so that just gonna throw that out there <laughs> and and I, i'm gonna throw the minor one because i still have the um special edition bonus dvd when it first came out the director's cut to conan the barbarian yes. where they put one scene back in that's five minutes long with him uh, with with arnold as conan talking to the surfer dude who's the the archer and they yeah. have a conversation about their gods and the spirits and all that. And it's five minutes yes. long. And it doubles the length of the dialogue in the movie by adding that one scene. But and what's, um, what the, as funny as that is, that shows you how visually stunning that film was. You know but what Conan the Barbarian the is for me? It is a two-hour music video. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. It's art, it's visual and sound. It with is just the bare minimum of dialogue necessary to make it work, and it's it's beautiful. It's amazing. It and is. for those of you who haven't seen it, don't watch it uncut with small children. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, it's not a variety a kid's of film. reasons. But no, it's not. but let's so let's keep going on this this thing. So I'll, the brain is is wild because talking about we visualization. We and we let's oh. let's also throw this out there. We, we know almost nothing about how the brain functions. Yeah. We really don't. I mean, and let's, let's, let's go even further. Let's say scientists know nothing about how the brain functions, and we know even less. 
So yes, absolutely. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I know just... that if you cut into parts of the brain, it can cause unexpected consequences. I know that through yeah, life experience, not because of me, there's... but I know someone who's had brain surgery, and there were a lot of weird consequences that came out of that that were unexpected and not predicted. You poke the wrong part of somebody's brain, you can you can change their entire personality. Well, there's that there's that phenomenon that uh, there's some comedian talks about it, but it, it's actually a real thing where people have had traumatic brain events and they wake up and they still speak the same language, but they speak but they in a foreign language. accent. No, they, they speak in a foreign accent. I, I, I've seen weird. both. Like they there are people just... who have been in brain trauma and wake up and either know math that they never learned or know another language that they didn't know. Which is just That's wild. wild. Yeah. Well, I mean, that gets into, does that mean all, all the languages are stored in our brain and it's just the ones that we access at a certain point that stick? I mean, that's a weird thought. Or is all the information somewhere else and we are connecting to that information somehow through our brain like a transceiver? And is your transceiver just off-tune or the antenna's bent a little bit different and you're not pulling the visual stuff, but you're pulling something else? I mean, it's, it's we honestly we don't know. We know there's electricity yeah. running through these neurons, and somehow that processes into all of this stuff. Yeah. So I I, I was reading a book about this, and the way they explained it was that that a neutrinos hit your the the receiver on the backside of the lenses of your eye. Because, I mean, essentially it bounces through a bunch of biological lenses like a telescope. And then there's cones and, hits, and stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. there's all sorts of stuff in there. And then it hits a receiver on the backside, and there's a whole bunch of those. And then that gets transmitted all the way to the back of your brain where it gets sorted into things like color and shape. And, and you know, I, I don't even really feel it, but it sorts. And then that information, a, a substrate of that information is what gets pulled that then formulates the visual field that we think we're looking out at. It's actually all created in our brain, and we're just sort of, we think we're seeing. Yes, yeah, and, and it gets into a level of science that is, is beyond what I've read and understand. I mean, I can follow it, but I couldn't begin to piece it all together for you. I'm I'm um, in the middle of a book called The Argument Against Reality. And basically this guy is positioning the idea that that evolutionary biology would not yield an an eyeball that would show you the truth. It would show you what you needed to know to not die and be able to reproduce it, you know that's why we don't see we didn't need to be able to see you know certain spectrums of, of light so his premise is is that what we're seeing is the essentially the desktop that we see on our computers to the world we don't see the all the diodes and the switches and the electrons and the ones and zeros we just have icons and so that like Oh, and there's some truth is, to it's that. It's weird. There, there's some truth to that, just period, because we know for a fact humans do not pick up all the spectrums of light. But we know there are animals that see things outside of the visual spectrum that humans do, right? Right. So, like, I mean, 
the, the, I, I can remember the movie Predator when it first came out and seeing all that like heat stuff and all that. Well, we can do that now through technology, but there are certain animals that I don't know if they go that far, but I know there's some types of deer, uh, and I don't remember if they're reindeer. I don't remember exactly which ones they are off the top of my head that see into like the UV spectrum and animals that see better at night, you know, cats, right? Cats see mm-hmm. so much better at night. There are creatures that are evolved for that, you know, darker environment. Um, and we also know in some way, well, we don't know if they can visualize it, but we know that there are animals out there that can recognize shape, abstract shapes and things like that. There've been a lot of examples with, uh, well, I was going to say dolphins. There's been a lot of experiments with dolphins Mm -hmm. where they have learned to do things. And we know the dolphins end up screwing with and messing with the scientists for fun. So and then okay. we get into the humor dolphins, and consciousness and things like that. Dolphins get high. Yes. That's the end of the argument. Dolphins are, are I mean. Like dolphins are the only animal we know that gets high recreationally and have sex for fun other than yeah. homo sapiens. At this point that we know of. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I, I'm not a fan of, of the large fish aquatic park situation, but just the big ones, the whales and the dolphins. As I've gotten older, I understand what happens and I understand the trauma and things like that. Now, I'm not going to say that when I went to SeaWorld as a kid, it wasn't magical to see that stuff. Absolutely. And I, I would love for us to find a more ethical way to do advanced yes. marine research with with you know what are probably some of the smartest creatures on the planet that we just don't know how to communicate with yet um i'd love to see a way for us to do that and not have them in a little tiny tank slowly going inside i i think we have a better chance of communicating with the octopus than we do with the dolphin because i think the octopus is an alien well, that's quite possible. Uh, we know we can communicate with the dolphins. Like we, I know. On it, honestly, I think it's only a matter of time until someone figures out an algorithm to translate the dolphin squeaks, and then we might be able to communicate through technology. The way they did on the old SeaQuest, uh, there's, a, there's a show called SeaQuest DSV, which is an awesome show for the first two seasons. After that, it got a little weird, and then it got canceled. Uh, a, kind of an obscure 90s show, but it was really cool. And one of the th- one of the characters was a dolphin, and I, for years I was amazed at how well they did the dolphin. And then come to find out, it was all animatronics. It wasn't a real dolphin, even though you couldn't tell. It looked like it was a real dolphin, which makes sense because some of the stuff they had it do would probably have gotten even non-PETA people like up, you know, yeah, uh, up in arms. Um, and it was too perfect on camera. Thinking about it now, like the what it did was too perfect on camera. Yeah, and see, of course, you can go back and think about it and actually see it again. Yeah, which yeah, I and can. I can compare it to Flipper, which I watched too growing up in the black and white, and I can watch it in the black and white in my head or in the color. Can you colorize the black and white? Now I haven't tried that. I'd have to think. I know. This is, this is see. I keep doing this. I, so here's here's the problem with this. Okay. Okay. Everything that I know and reference, it's a TV show that's black and white, I've seen in color. Except, mm. yeah, I can, but I don't know if it's right. 
because I can okay. colorize the Adams family, but it never fully oh. colorizes because the Adams family it's, is supposed to be is dark. It, isn't right? really in um, color. It, it, it sort of when is I colorize in color. when I colorize the monsters, it's not the same as when I watch the color monsters stuff. Mm. So like I, I I use a different shade of green in my head. Like black and white Frankenstein monster turns into a different reference color. Black and white Frankenstein's monster, um, and this is something my brain does. Um, so here's here's something interesting that I I used to notice and didn't couldn't understand, and I think now I'm starting to figure out. So I and I don't know if you ever have this problem, but I I will talk to people sometimes and they'll tell me about a movie or a scene in a movie or a scene in a TV show that either I've seen or that I then go watch later and finish watching it and go, that scene they described to me never happened. Like they got confused. They, they forgot, they, they got you know, mixed up or whatever. And, and it sort of helped me understand the, like the reliability of witnesses thing. Well, but yeah, it, that's, that's something else that's real interesting. Cause you know, talking to, talking to my brother, um, as he interviews, because my brother is a, a police officer, as he has interviewed eyewitnesses and, and gets just different, different description after different description, and that's mm-hmm. that's almost not even really considered a good indicator anymore in the criminal world, um, because we know the the eyewitness is a is a poor narrator, right? Yeah. Um, our brain fills stuff in, um, but there's also the aspect see, of the Mandela my... effect. Mine doesn't fill stuff in though. That's what's that's what's so interesting. Is like because that's the thing. Like, yeah. I I I if you have if I tell you about it and I remember if I remember having seen it, it means I actually saw it. I can't remember something, remember seeing something that I didn't see because I can't make it up on my own. You you have so few files to corrupt, right? Yes. Because you only have the ones. You don't have the you don't have the 500 versions of it that I've created in my mind. Right. right? I don't, I don't uh, have random – And I'll give I don't you have an example. Generation. Yeah. Because this one sticks out with me because it happened on it, – it's tied to a bunch of memories. Um, we, went on a, we went on a giant vacation road trip one summer. I was 14. Um, and it was uh, me, my brother, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my aunt, and my cousin all in the suburban driving from Texas to California – up to Yellowstone and back. And I'm not going to get all that, but I can remember I was reading a couple of different books at the time. I was reading um, the Dragonlance series and um, I was really into D&D and I was reading a book about like fighter planes and that kind of stuff. And I remember having this this thought of what would it be like if the five-headed dragon, the Tiamat character from D&D in effect, was in a battle with an A-10 warthog, and I watched that whole thing happen, that aerial battle happen in my head. And just, it was like watching, but but when I watched it, it was done in the style of the G.I. Joe cartoon. Like, that's how I saw it. And it was just, you know, because you, you, they fly around, the dragon lands, the A-10 swoops around and fires two Maverick missiles that come and just slam into it, blowing one of the heads clean off, and you know, they're ripping into it with the machine. And I saw all that in my head because I was bored in the back and it finished the books and didn't have anything else to do. So I just ran that in my head, you know. Um, and see, I stared out the window and I watched the lampposts go by <laughs> and just wanted to vomit. That's what I did. 
you know, sometimes when I'm having trouble falling asleep at night, I will think about some of the D&D campaigns or some of the role-playing game campaigns that we want, and I will come up with, like, NPCs and stuff like that and tell their stories in my head and watch it as I'm, like, fading off into to sleep. And then it then it works its way into my dreams, and I dream about, like, Star Wars' stuff and whatever. And, yeah, uh, almost and see, like a I lucid can... dream, almost like moving into a lucid dream type thing. I can try and, like, imagine a scenario, and it turns into a list of things that I need to do. Like, it just, it, I just can't. My brain doesn't function that way. And speaking of brains not functioning that way, what I was gonna, the other thing I wanted to mention is colors. Oh, wait, you, check, check your mic. You blew out there for a minute. I could... Ooh, am I okay? Yeah, that's, that's better. Yeah, All right. go ahead. So, colors. Um, colors. So, just the idea... That you've got a green shirt on and I've got a red shirt on. Very, very clear. We can see each other. But what if the color that you There's see... There's something... Man, I'm sorry. There's something really wrong with your mic. It's like it just blew the speaker out. Let's see here. I can cut this part out. Is it okay now? Oh, perfect. Now you're perfect. Okay. We sure? Yeah. No, no. It's It's right. good. You're good now. That's so You're weird. Good. All right. All right. Um, fuck, what colors. You see my yeah, green so shirt. Colors. You have a red shirt. Yeah, so you've got on a green shirt. I've got on a red shirt. What if the green that you see is different than the green that I see? What if, what if, if I could see it through your eyes, it looked purple? Yeah. Um, that's, that's something I've thought about. It's like... When we look at the color palette, we have no idea if anyone else on the planet is seeing the same color as we are. Right. We well, have I mean, just defined that thing is green, that thing is red. Right. But is it really? Right. Because um, I mean, what it is is it's the is it's the way that your eye is processing that particular wavelength of light. And. You know, I know for for a fact it's not the same for like me and my son because he's colorblind, and so he sees in shades of gray. And uh, it was interesting because I also knew someone else who was purely colorblind and and didn't see any colors other than blacks and grays, and they were a painter. And it was just fascinating to see the way they would paint, and mm -hmm. and it always was very dark to me. Not like brutishly dark, but the pa color palettes were always kind of dark in whatever you, mm -hmm. they, they would paint. And and they said, that's just what fit better together. And I, I and then, you know, they, they explained that they were colorblind. And the only thing I can think is they were, they were painting in shades, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of colors. Um, right. Uh, and, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it, we have no idea. Same with smell, right? We don't know yeah. if, if, if I smell, a, you know, and and you know smell is such a trigger for us, and we know chemically it's the same thing, but we don't know if we interpret it the same. Yeah, but it's a translation. And everything thing. else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that could senses. explain why why those things are different. But I, I was thinking, as far as color, it's I think it's why you get those things where where some colors are in the middle, where you're like, well, that's blue. And they're like, well, that's green. You're like, no, it's not. It's no, that's blue. Yeah. You're like, well, it's, it's, it's teal. Like, well, and it's, yeah. It's, well, maybe yeah. maybe those, be, you know, in your eye, it actually leans more towards that because it's 
you know, in your head, that color is brighter or whatever. Like, who knows how we're processing these things? Which, which brings me to something else that, that I, I wanted to throw out there. Um, my grandfather, my dad tells me stories about, about this, had perfect recall. Um, so not only could he visualize, he could walk into a building, like take where we work, the floor, the third floor of the building where we both work, because mm-hmm. it's an office building, right? Um, he could walk into that building, walk through it once, back and forth, up and down all the hallways and stuff, see the rooms, and then six months later, draw the floor plan perfectly from memory and describe it to you and give you all the colors and and could do that for everything that he could remember as far back as he could remember. Perfect recall. How, how far back could he remember? I don't you know? know. I don't oh, know. I never got to ask him that question. Right. That would be interesting. Um, and uh, you know, he had perfect recall. He was good with his hands and that like he could build anything and he could take apart anything. Uh, he was creative and he was highly intelligent. He kind of had that visual, that mechanical, you know, usually, usually people will have like one or two of the three big things, you know, raw intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, very mechanically inclined or super like perfect recall memory. They'll fall somewhere on all. And he was at the top end of all three of the spectrums, which is why we think that, you know, he killed people for the government. Which is something else we can talk about some on another one, and I'm not making that up, just so for I'm not being facetious there. We actually think that that's what he did, at least part time uh, for for a living, um, which leads to a whole like dark side of the family. Part time. The best part of that is part time. Part time. Well, I mean, it's the you know, it's the perfect cover. You know, you don't you don't do that job full time. You have another job. No, no, I know. It's just funny. I'm not going to run down the whole rabbit hole right now, but um, it made him a perfect recruit for the military. And when he should have been drafted to go to Korea, he wasn't. He was drafted. He took some aptitude tests, and then he went to – he got a a reserve commission, and then he went and trained at Langley, Virginia for a while. And then he was a reservist cook and got big checks from the government every year and (laughs) did another job which was a sales job that moved him around the country so anyway there's reasons we're suspicious of it um but perfect recall but the perfect recall and 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 not only perfect recall i can remember as a kid i was about eight years old eight or nine years old we were at one of the big sporting goods stores in houston i can't remember the name It, it was Maybe it was, I think it was Carter's Country, which is like a gun sporting goods store, and they had a rifle range and a pistol range. Um, and I saw a knife, like a hunting knife, and I said, that's amazing. I'd love to have that knife. And he, he happened to be there. And for that Christmas, he had taken wood and made a perfect wooden replica of the knife layering the wood, building a sheath that looked just like the leather sheath to perfect dimensions and hadn't bought the knife. Just did it. And we're talking like 1986, right? There were no like camera phones. There was no internet. Your only option to get it perfect it is, like. is to buy the knife and sketch it out or just, and he just, he walked into his wood shop 
and just did it. But they say, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, the Statue of David, you talk to a sculptor and they will tell you, well, the, the sculpture was in the stone. I just removed the parts that it didn't need. Right. Right? Which that blows my mind because I don't know that I can do that. Because I can see these things, but I can't put pen to paper and make what I see in my head come out. Yeah. I don't have that skill. I, I cannot draw. I cannot paint. I cannot translate what's in my head other than through words to make you understand what I'm seeing. Yeah. But can so how we... does that happen? I, I... You know, how, do, how do artists art? You know, for lack of a better way to put it. I, my, well, uh, my, my daughter does it. She just draws and, and puts does things. And I, and I don't... You know, I mean, artist. I remember... My dad is an artist. I remember drawing way. as a kid. I remember trying to draw as a kid, but not always being very frustrated because it never looked like I thought it should look. You know, and so I, I sort of yeah, never... and I understand that too because trying to get what's in my brain out onto the paper and it just never it, it never matches well, up. But I couldn't. But I was trying to draw something that I couldn't see, but I knew what it was. I. I knew what it should look like, but I couldn't see it. So then I would try to draw what I thought it should look like, and it didn't look like that. So I couldn't, like, it was a weird. Yeah. I mean, in, in a way, I, I don't want to call it a disability. It's it's a distinction. And it, it's interesting because looking on the, the websites that talk, talk about it, they're like, this isn't a disability. It's just a different way mm -hmm. to perceive the world, right? Uh, as opposed to, like, what I've dealt with, which is the dyslexia, where, where things flip around on me when I try to read or try to write. Uh, which is the, the dysgraphia part of it when you try and put stuff out and it flips. Um, but why does my brain do that? You know, it's 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 fascinating to me. I I don't understand. They don't know why dyslexics are dyslexics and or dysgraphics are dysgraphics. And they, they I have, think have it, no understanding. I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that reading and and that stuff is still essentially so new that our brains are having some some brains have a hard time yeah and know, see mine that. is less the input I, I have less of the dyslexia the reading because i i can read really well and fairly quickly but it's the output which is the dysgraphia thing which is why for years i failed every spelling test i ever took yeah I to this day either. i can't spell and, and when I say I can't spell, sometimes my brain will blank on words as simple as the, right? It'd be mm. like T, 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 A, T, A. And it's not like I'm having trouble sounding it out. It's just like, it, it's like a glitch. It's just like, like gear that stops. part of the yeah. hard, yeah. Or that part of the hard drive skipped or that, that, that part of the, hmm. the, the vinyl album skipped. And it's just not coming. And then sometimes it works. You know, it's just. And see, my, my dysgraphia. God, spell check saves my life. It's just yeah. like, yeah. And see, I have, I think I have dysgraphia as well, but mine is not the brain to my hand. It's my hand to the paper. So my handwriting is terrible. I don't have the, the, I mean, I have the manual dexterity. I play video games. I've got great hand-eye coordination. I don't. You know, I'm one of those people who like 
drops something and catches it before it hits the floor often. Like I have real good reflex yep. on that. But when it actually comes to like writing it out on paper, it just it you can, no one can See, read it, it and it, I it it became real prevalent for me when we figured out exactly how it was working was algebra. Because mm. as I would write out the math equations, the answer would be wrong when I added it all up. And the teacher would be like, explain it to me. And if I did it verbally, it was right. And then we would go back and we would look and we would see, well, you wrote 94, 49. So 49. Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and, and the teachers were able to see the numbers are correct. They're in the wrong order, which then led to when I went back to go like add everything up. That it'd, be, it'd be yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. But if they would ask me to, like, how the problem yeah. works, I would be able to orally walk them through the entire problem and then get the right answer. It's well, just and, like. And that was, I mean, that was sort of how I got through school. I mean, because I, I was not, I mean, I was in, we've talked about this, I was in private schools, but I mean, I got through, because I was in small classes and I had teachers who could, you know, I would take a written exam. And then sit down. Yeah. She, teacher would pull me over and go like, ask me the same questions again. And and you know, I would answer them, and she'd be like, "Well, you knew all this. Why didn't you write it down?" I don't know. I just couldn't. You know, I can't. And see, but I talk. I'm a talker. You know, so that's yeah. how I can communicate. And and um, when I got finally got tested on all the stuff, there was like a whole battery of tests that they had to do, and it was because of Spanish. Because the Spanish teacher I had was being very strict. On spelling, and it was 50% off of every misspelled word. Ooh. Well, I was making a 50 in the class. Lo and behold, it's because of spelling. So we go and get me tested for the, the battery of, like, disability tests that they, they did in the, this would have been the early 90s. And there were, like, 10 tests I had to take. And I scored, like, 94 percentile or higher in every in nine of the ten tests, and on the one that dealt with dyslexia and dysgraphia, I scored like a four. I mean, it was just like it was like so. It's like I, I remember the problem. That, I, I remember the teacher saying, "This kid's probably smarter than I am, but he'll never be able to spell." And so, going through the public school system, I had to go into the special education thing because it was all lumped together back then. And, but I got some accommodations. I got to do, you know, I got to do oral exams if it was written. Um, I got to have, and this will date me, I got to have access to a word processor with a spell check function. And because, or I had to, I got access, I got extra days to write a paper and either... I, I got I got someone to proof it for me, not for content, but just for spelling errors and things like that. If I had to write it out, um, yeah, they, I, I can remember my parents dropped a bunch of money we didn't have to buy a Magnavox 386 SX running DOS 5.0, and my dad splurged to get four megs of RAM instead of the one. Ooh. And, like, literally within two months, it was obsolete. And I remember it pissed my dad off because he was really, he got really into the fighter games, the the old, you know, World War II fighter sims and yeah. stuff. And 
we were able to buy like a year and a half's worth and then it wouldn't run the games anymore. Uh, that was back in the day where the computers were literally obsolete before you got home. Um, but getting back to how you perceive the world, you found this out fairly recently. I mean, this is a, within a the last ish thing for you. Four, five years, it feels like maybe not. Uh, no, even man, that no, long. no. It, you figured it out during the pandemic. Okay, so I remember so you three told years me during then. the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, it's been. I I found some random YouTube video that was okay. talking about it, and it was just like, oh, that's that's me, like. I mean, and I kind of don't really even... It was yeah. so profound in the moment, I kind of don't even remember it happening, but it was sort of one of those things where it was suddenly just like, oh, I understand myself. Like, oh, so, everybody else has a different thing, and this makes so many other things that I've heard make sense now. Have you, or how have you, adjusted your lifestyle knowing this moving forward? Like, what changes have you made, or have you needed to make any changes? The biggest thing that I've done, for the longest time, people would ask me if I would remember stuff, and I would just say no. And now what I say is, give me more details, and I will. Like, I need more information. If I were to say, you know, do you remember the camping trip that we went on? Well, yeah, I do. But, But if I said, you remember when we went camping? Rather than have three or four things pop up in your head, I would need to say when we went out to Lake Granger and we did the hike and then we got well, to the I campsite. Mean, it, and When you asked me to rec- – it, it's different. It would be – Okay. It's less it's – less because if you say, can you remember when we went camping, I can remember the different times and, and then we have – How about that's this? Do you remember the backpack I was wearing when we went camping? No, I don't. So if you, but if okay. you could describe it to me, I probably could, so because I've seen it, it before. A, it has a metal frame. It's olive drab green. It's a big pouch with three external pouches on it. It's a yeah, military big, surplus the, pouch. Yeah. No, and see now yeah, I remember it's, which it's Alice pack. Yeah. 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 Uh, the waist belt. Yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah. the, it, I, it, I was just curious because you know like. Right. I have never had so, that kind of a profound thing well, happen. So, so like, so like, I, I've, I remember I was talking to somebody because I, I, I remember certain things very easily. Like, I can describe to you the exact floor plan of my aunt's house that I used to go to when I was a young kid. I, I can't tell you what was on the walls. I mean, I remember things that are on the wall because I've seen them move apartments and I, I recall them. I'm like, oh, yeah, those masks were on that wall. Because I, okay. I can I can place those things. But I can remember the layout and I know where all the rooms are. But I couldn't tell you what color the carpet was. I don't know what color the walls were. Like if you told me and you said like, oh well the walls and the living room were wood paneling, I'd be like, Oh yeah, they were. You're it's right. Like, like Okay, so do you remember what color the carpet was on the next generation's Enterprise Bridge? I mean, it feels like it should be like a blue or a gray or something like that. But I mean, <laughs> like I really um, don't know. Yeah, it's, it was it was like gray and red. Um, uh, oh, okay, uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. But see, like I see that, and I see the whole bridge just pop into my head. You know, no, see, like you, um, asked and, and me I only mentioned that because I know that show is very profound for you. 
Well, so um, so I'll so you asked me what color the the carpet is, and I can't recall that, but I do know like. I know where the two forward stations are with the sort of cream color, you know, and that that swing. I mean, like I can recall pieces. They're not of cream; it, but they're be- wood. They're 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 like a dark wood color. What am I thinking of with the lighter color? Then it's one of the other ones. You must. I be. mean, because I'm pulling see, it up again, right now. Like okay, so uh, what you're saying is cream. I see why you say that. To me, it's more of a wood yellow. Looking at the picture. And it's it's brown and gray. It's brownish. And gray. Well, yeah, it's sort of cream to me, right? And there's oh some yeah, red. see, it's blue yeah. and red. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and it's see, gray now and I red. look at it, and it 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 all. It, but like again, it's one of those yeah. things. Like, I I I have. It's not even a fuzzy image because, like, that's sort of one of the, on the spectrum. Is some people have like just sort of like a fuzzy recollection. It's not even like a fuzzy image. It's like. I'm I'm trying to look at like some photographs of of a picture of the TV screen that I watched Star Trek on mm-hmm. like from across the room. Like I'm trying to like look at those and be like, oh, "Yeah, I remember like I can see the TV and I can sort like it, it's like trying to like pull up an old because I can't generate anything new. So it's trying to recall the last time I watched it. And what it looked like to try and access I, I, it. I, I ask all these questions so I can better understand, but also for a reason, because I'm leading up to what I think is the most important question. What did the specter look like that you saw as a kid when you saw the ghost <laughs> thing? Because I remember you telling me how profound yes. it was that this this sticks in your head because you yeah. can't make stuff yeah. up. No, no, and that is one of those things. That was sort of, we talked about this before. It was sort of one of those moments when, like, once I realized that I couldn't generate images, I sort of started thinking back on, like, things that I remembered. Because there's stuff of, you know, your false memories and all that kind of stuff. And I remember hearing things as kids and being like, yeah, I don't remember that happening. So I don't think that's real and stuff like that. But when I was a kid, I want to say I was probably three or four. Maybe I was five years old. It's harder to to really pin that down but i remember a bluish sort of spectral female woman in a it was a i was a dress i mean it was like a um you know like an old-timey dress like a like a a farm wife dress kind of thing you know something yeah but a little fancier you know not not day wear but like a, a formal but but simple and walked into the room and sat down on the foot of the bed, and that's all I remember. I don't remember anything yeah. beyond that. I don't know if it disappeared. But or you don't it, imagine but, but... those kind of things. So, yeah. I mean, could, but, so for you, that that happened. For you yes. to have that in your head, that happened. Well, it it happened, and I remember it happening because my bedroom. I remember my bedroom door being open and them coming through the doorway into the room. Which is why I don't, I, for the longest time as a child, I would not sleep with my door open. My door had to be closed because I didn't, I didn't want it to come back. Like I, rem, I and I don't, it, it never did. I don't think, it, I don't think it was malevolent. And looking back on it now, I think it was probably one of my grandmother's. No, but that's, that's um, also a very natural reaction for a small child yeah. is this, I don't understand this. This doesn't make any sense. I don't want it to happen again. The door was open. Right. So I'm not going to do that. So the door is closed. I remember having, yeah. 
I remember having a visceral, visceral reaction to something because I remember watch, staying up late and watching a horror movie at like six year old, six or seven years old that I shouldn't. And it was some kind of like alien abduction thing. And, and, and in it, the kid's feet like curled up and sucked up under the bed as like the alien like absorbed it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't tell you anything else about the movie. And the only reason I remember that is they had the same bedspread that I did. So it terrified me. And I remember the, the kids' feet were right together. So for years, I would always sleep kind of with one leg tucked up so both of my feet weren't together um, because then the aliens wouldn't get me. Um, but that's how I did it in my head. And I did it so long that I still sleep that way unconsciously. Yeah. Like I, I still like crook my left leg just a little bit and don't sleep with my legs straight when I'm going to fall asleep. I, but but you know, as a, and I was a young child, I couldn't explain it, so I I jumped to the logic thing, right? Of, you know, because I couldn't throw away the bedspread, <laughs> right? Right. Um, and I couldn't but yeah, explain to my parents it, why I didn't want that bedspread because then they know I had gotten up after they went to bed to watch a horror movie that I wasn't supposed to, you know. There so, you go. Yeah. The trouble we get ourselves in. But yeah, no, I I I never really told. I didn't tell anyone about the the thing, but I it's one of those things that like I. Re- I remember when it happened and it's something that like sort of has continued to like come back up in my, in my, you know, sometimes your brain serves things up to you. It's like, Hey, remember this thing? And you're like, Oh, thanks for that brain. Yeah. But this thing kept popping back up. And it was one of those things that like, I figured out the aphantasia thing and I was like, Oh, I have this. And my brain was like, remember this again? And I was like, Oh, this This happened. That actually happened. Yeah. That That's thing amazing. that I, I – I, and I think I had probably told you – I don't know. Had I told you about the ghost that I thought I had seen before before I realized I had the aphantasia? Had I no, no, it? because you, you brought okay. it up because you remembered this thing, right? Because um, I remember I remember as when I was younger, and I don't remember when when I was younger, but I do remember having moments of like, did I really – see that like was that actually a thing that i saw or did i just sort of make that because because you start to wonder you know you think back and absolutely when i when you reach a point where you realize that like oh i don't make things up in my head like usually and i I do when i remember something um i was gonna say and i do so um but it's 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 everything that i make up is very fantastical so Mm. um as opposed to like reality type stuff. Um, and, and that goes back well, to the imagination that I had. Because, I don't know, did you have an imaginary friend that you could describe to people as a kid? Because I did. No. I can't remember them now. I couldn't tell you about it. But my parents tell me that you know they had a name. I could tell you what color their hair was, what color their eye was, you know how tall they were, and all that stuff. And it was the same one every time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that was. I don't know what that imaginary friend was because I was, I had other kids around, I had friends, but you know, a lot of kids go through the imaginary friend stage and are they seeing something? Is it a spirit? Is it just something they're making up in their head? We, we don't, we don't have answers to those questions. Well, so, see, I was, I, it was interesting is I start now as I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, I wonder if I went a little crazy as a kid. Cause I, I didn't, I, I was an only child. Yeah. And I didn't, when I was young, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, I, I didn't 
to have friends in the neighborhood, really. I mean, I went to school and daycare and stuff like that. But, like, I just sort of played by myself. And then sort of thinking back on that, like, I didn't have an imaginary friend. I would literally sit there and, like, make my toys talk to each other and stuff. And, like, you know, I was having conversations with myself. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, we did that because I, I, yeah. I grew up in a, a very different environment in that my mom decided to stay home and she opened a daycare for teacher's kids mm. so that she could be off in the summer. So I was never alone. It, there was always kids around, kids my age. And, you know, you know we had a big playroom and you know, we get the toys out and we would do the same kind of thing. They wouldn't have conversations, but we would have what what today would be Warhammer 40K. We would do without the dice in the rule book, but with the G.I. Joe toys and the He-Mans and the stuff. And, you know, yeah, um, but I can remember like setting up all that and, and having it all planned out. And then we'd do the whole thing. Um, but no, this is fascinating. It's just a fascinating thing. And how many people don't know it's there until you have a reason to understand that it's there? Well, and my question is, how many other things are there that what what thing can I do that you can't do that we haven't even considered asking each other about? Because who would think to ask some? I know one thing you can do that I can't do without even having to think of that's cook. And like... The way you cook, and I'd love to talk about that sometime, how you can just, I know what amounts to do, I don't have to measure the stuff, and it just all happens. It's wild, right? I mean, I can cook if I have a recipe and put it all together, but it's chemistry at that point, you know? Yeah. Um, And the way you've described cooking to me before, I'm like, I don't do that. How do you do that, you know? Um, So that's one thing that I can think of. But I mean, beyond beyond that, like something that we do. Well, I mean, think about like what what does your internal dialogue and we don't we, this is a whole nother discussion. But yeah. like, what's your internal dialogue look like versus mine? How many how many how many voices do we, does each of us really have in our head? And, you know, like, you know, there's like crazy voices, but there's also like I know I've got, I've sort of got two different things that happen in my head there's like my internal sort of like running dialogue of like i gotta go do the thing and then i gotta pick up this and i'm sort of like trying yeah. to keep track of my life and then i call it sort of have sort of what is sort of my brain with the, sort of the, the serving it up thing where it's like hey remember this song and you're just like well there's that song in my head now like who you know yeah. where did that come from so yeah that the, i i call it i i call it the the, the brain gremlin that's in the yeah. back. That's just kind of like throwing things out. Um, kind of like the the comedian talks about the party gremlin that's in the back of your brain. Um, what's what's her name? Eliza um, Schlesinger. Yes, amazing, absolutely great. Comedian. Yes, she's wonderful. Um, but uh, we have we have those because I have a distinctive reading voice. When I read, it's not my voice. There's another voice, and I don't know whose it is because it's not a grandparent it's not a parent it's not a teacher that i remember but when i read i have i'm, I'm going to use for example like a james earl jones-esque type of voice it's not that mm-hmm. but as i'm reading the story unless i've listened to the audiobook and then mm-hmm. if i'm read like new dresden files book comes out when i read it i hear it in james marster's voice because yeah. he's the narrator for it um but every, uh, but you know, I read a lot of the Dresden Files books, and it was a different voice in my head, and it's not mine. 
I don't think like it's not another person. It's just like a different tone. Um, and I don't know where that comes from. And I don't know if anybody else has that. And see, I so we're now we're going to talk about this. So I don't actually have a. There is not a voice reading me a story. Now, if I'm reading a book, I I'm my visual stuff is fire. My my brain is trying to recall events to sort of stack a world because my brain tries to my ADD sort of I think very spatial. So I try to build spaces in my head that I can understand okay. the structure of because that's that works that part works um, but I don't hear a voice it's just sort of like a it, it just sort of goes into my head like there's no yeah see and like it's I'm not, not that actually because... processing the word because I I read I can read really fast so I, I learned in high school my parents sent me to a speed reading class I yeah. don't really know why I think I was because I was taking so long on like standardized tests and stuff but it actually taught me how to read quite quickly how i can process through pages and so i i actually sort of like mainline dump data into my brain it's it's really weird it's it's not quite like the per, it's not recall because it's different i'll i'll when i read a book and it's a fiction book right um and I'll give you an example. Um, one of the ones I've read lots and lots and lots is like Icewind Dale, which is the Forgotten Realms uh, Drizzt book. Oh, I know Icewind Dale. I, as I'm reading it, there's a narration voice, and then Drizzt has a slightly different voice, and Wolfgar has a different voice, and Catbri has a different voice, and Regis has a slightly different voice. And they're, they're different pitches and stuff. Like, and, and maybe I'm pulling voices from TV shows and movies and whatever and overlaying them on there, but I hear it. Like someone's reading me the book, like it's an audio right. play, in my head while I'm reading it. Now, I don't hear voices, but when I read to my kids, I do voices, and I do very consistent voices. That's something that just happens on its own. Like, I, I will, you know, when I, start a, when I start a book with them, you know, I'll figure out the voices as I'm going in through it, and then once I settle on something... It's just that way for the next, you know, year and a half as I'm reading through the, like we did Harry Potter, you know, it took forever. Yeah. See, and I don't do that, but, and, and I'm not going to compare myself to like the cast of Critical Role and the voices that they can do <clears> and that kind of stuff. But when you, you've been in games where I role play and I, I'm, I'm running the game, I will try as best I can to change up some of the voices a little bit of the, the NPCs. And I do not have the vocal range of a talented voice actor, but I try, I will try and do like a dwarf. I, it's like, I have a generic dwarf voice. I have a generic elf voice and, and so on and so forth, but I don't always do it because I know I'm not good at it. So I don't know. That's it's, it's all fascinating how we bring it in, what we see in our brains and how we output. And, uh, I, I really hope they do more studies on this stuff because they're actually, I, I just sent a, uh, I was on the a Fantasia subreddit which if you're not on there and you're interested, jump over there. But there was somebody on there who was like, hey, we're looking for test subjects. So I fired myself off an email to that guy and was like, hey, I'm, I'm in. So they're out there. They're, they're starting to explore this. Well, if they get into it and you, you, you get to help with that, I'd love to talk to you about this stuff again. Totally. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and call it there. So have a good one, everybody. We'll see you next time. And let us, let us know if you have it. Let us know. Yeah, we'll Reach put out a to poll us. on the Spotify 
so you can you can drop a comment there. Let us know uh, and where do you we have fall a place, on the spectrum. Do we, do we have a place for our email yet? No, uh, we don't. Not, we need to do that. If not, we'll figure I'll, that out, and we'll we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the, com- in the in the comments on because we'd one. love to, we'd love to hear from you. Um, things to talk about, questions to ask. Have you had any experiences like any of the stuff we've talked about, like the transient global amnesia thing, or are you interested in whatever? Because yeah, just we'd love to hear back from y'all. All right, later, everybody. <laughs>